Hello, and welcome to the Acting Notes Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things acting, from tips and tricks to business information. I'm your host, Justin Powell, and forgive me <clears throat> off the top here, because I have been feeling pretty ill the past couple of days, and not in the cool version of that word, I don't feel sick. Well, that's all over the place already. I've been sick. I've had a bit of a cough, a sore throat. Um, so I'm going to do this anyway because I don't want to miss an episode. But uh, I know I probably sound a bit nasally and I apologize for that. Hope you can endure. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about an acting workshop that I attended over the past weekend. An on-camera workshop at Anthony Mindel's studios in Los Angeles. Uh, and I just want to talk about some things I took away from it. Some lessons that I learned, some things I found interesting that have been percolating around in my mind since Sunday evening, and go from there. So, if you have not heard of Anthony Mindel, I'm a big fan of his work. I really love his book called Book the Fucking Job. It's one of my favorite acting books I've ever read. So much of his technique and teaching philosophy is about letting the actors loose, letting them play in the work and have fun, and that by kind of initiating the sense of play and freedom, that that's where the good stuff will come. And I really dig that. I really dig that sense of play that he encourages, as well as the sense of ownership of self. You know, this idea that we are enough, which I just think is so important for anyone to hear but particularly for people who are engaging in this kind of business where we are constantly getting told no and pretty quickly can start to believe that we are not enough. Well, Mindel encourages us to remember that we actually are. You know, we have everything within us already. All the answers already exist within us. We just have to start bringing them out and trusting ourselves. And that can be tough to do. Mm. Ah, good little sip of coffee. Which is, I don't know if you're supposed to drink that when you're sick, but I just need coffee. I, you know, what do I do? Um, I've had some green tea and honey as well, which is pretty great. But first off, let me tell you a bit about this workshop. So it was a two-day workshop, and I had actually already seen this workshop before because I also work on the side as a photographer, a videographer. And so the last time that... This workshop took place in December. I was there to take photos and video. This time I got to be a part of it as well. And that was a very interesting experience to be both a photographer, videographer, and a participant in the workshop. And there were a couple takeaways that I had amongst many others. I mean, I could probably talk about it for a very long time, but I am going to try to keep this short. And the first thing is one that, you know, I already mentioned a bit. Uh, the power of play in the work. There was a practice where we watched a self-tape from each performer, and then that performer would go up and work with Anthony. And each time, you know, there were various different notes that people received. Each note was tailored to them. But there was always an element of play that he tried to instill in that second read. Um that might be getting the person to get up and move around, getting the person to do the scene as if it's a horror film. Throwing these 
these notes at the performer that maybe didn't seem intuitive to them at the start, but by going full force into them, unlocked a new area of truth, of the character that could come out and play. And that's something that I think we lose as we get older is in life, right? Not just in acting. But in life, we lose our sense of childlike wonder of the world, of curiosity, of play, of fully being ourselves without caring what other people think. When you ask a kid to be a dinosaur, they just start playing a dinosaur. And they're not concerned about whether it's right or wrong, if that's how the T-Rex roars or not. They just start going. With actors, sometimes we can get locked in this idea of trying to be good, right? Of, you know, if someone tells us to play a dinosaur, we're like, but what's the dinosaur's motivation? Why are they roaring at this moment? Which is fine. That stuff is, is fine to consider, but there has to be a level of just letting go and playing as well. And sometimes letting that go just so you can start to find the truth of the character. That's another notion that we have is that this idea of the one-take wonder that performers get up and after a single take are like, yep, I nailed it. And, you know, we watch these performances in movies and TV where they're amazing performances. And so we compare ourselves to them. But that's the finished product, right? That's with editing. That's with color. That's with, you know, how many takes they did on that day. Is that the actor's original idea for how to do that scene? Or did the director come in and highly manufacture it? We compare ourselves to that and we forget that this is a process. You know, I remember a story of an actor watching Jack Nicholson work the first time. And when he came on set, the guy thought, here we go. Time to watch good old Jack. And the first couple of takes were not good. And it seemed like everyone on set knew it, including Jack himself, knew that that was not good acting. And then by about take eight... Then he kind of started finding his groove in the scene and became the Jack Nicholson that we all know. So we have to allow ourselves that ability to play, to find new things in the moment, and to let, let ourselves grow within the work. Not feel like we have to have the finished product on the first take or even the second take. And the more we can risk, the more we can find ways to shake things up, to experience it new, the more freedom we can find within the work, right? <clears throat> so that power of play is something that we should all try to take into our acting a little bit more, particularly if you feel stuck with a scene. You know, if you're doing a self-tape and you feel like it's not going how you want it to go, something's not hitting, just try a bizarre note. Do it like a pirate. Do it like you're completely hammered. You know, find something that can just be different and allow you to experience the scene in a more open and loose way. It takes the pressure off, number one. And even let's say you're playing a priest and it says in the description, this priest is not hammered. Well, by trying it hammered, you might find some new connections there that you wouldn't have found otherwise. So just leave yourself open to that curiosity and then just play with 100% of your commitment. And this kind of goes into the next note of something I took away from this weekend which is, I think on film, we're always a little bit nervous that we're going to be too much. And even in life, even in just regular uh, theater acting, we're worried that our choices are going to be too big and that we are too much for people. So we mute ourselves. 
We bring ourselves down. And that can kill the spontaneity and the truthfulness in our acting because then we're playing this idea. You know, we're not allowing it to affect us as it does. Now, that doesn't mean we have to push all of our emotions. If it's not there, it's not there, right? But if something brings you to tears, then allow it to bring you to tears. Don't think you have to hold it back. There's this common notion that's out there, I think, that, and you may have heard of this before, it's more interesting to see someone fighting back tears than it is to see them crying. Maybe. I don't know. First off, that's subjective, right? It's something we should always remember about art, is it is subjective. You might give the best performance in the world, but there's someone that's not going to like it at all. They're just not going to connect. Because it's subjective. Um... <clears throat> So yeah, I don't know, holding back tears might be good, but I've definitely been brought to tears watching someone cry in a film. I think the truth is what's always more interesting, what's always more important. If the truth is that you feel like crying at that moment, then let yourself cry. And let yourself go all out, you know? Give it 110% of yourself. Because it's always easier, and I've heard this from multiple directors, it's easier to pull an actor back than just to try to ramp them up into something. So if you're giving the director, and that's what we're doing a lot of times, right? We're giving the director a palette to play with. These are the paints that I'm bringing to the portrait, to the landscape. How do you want to use them? And then we trust, you know? And it's something I, I notice when I watch others work at times is the inflexibility of the actor on set. Not all actors, of course, and of course to varying degrees. I'm sure there are days when a director would have said, man, that Justin guy is so, in, so inflexible. Um, but it's important to, to try to be flexible with notes that you get and, and just run with them. Just try it, you know? I think that sometimes, and this is why we shouldn't ever lock in our performance before we get to set, because inevitably we're going to be changed by the environment by the person that we're opposite of, by the director's notes. And we have to make sure that we are malleable enough that we can move around with these different energies that are coming our way rather than stay trapped in how we decided this scene has to go or this role has to be portrayed. But ultimately, what I pulled away from that workshop was, or at least another one of the lessons, was that it's so rare that you're going to get pulled back down. So go for it. Really give yourself 110% of whatever you're going for. And then if the director wants to change it, they'll just do another take. You know, we have to be okay with that and that part of the process. I, I was recently listening to Colin Farrell who said that in his work, he is still enjoys this aspect of not knowing where something is going to go. That it's a, a bit scary to go into a scene not really knowing how it's going to take shape, but that that uh, darkness on the final result, that uncertainty and that stumbling, looking for the answer in the scene actively as the character, that that is where a lot of the most interesting work is found. Another thing I took away from this workshop was how often we want to tune out our partner. 
you know, there were multiple scenes, and myself included, um, where people weren't connecting with their partner, but rather becoming too focused on the lines, on what they were doing. There's this really interesting phenomenon that happens sometimes where you see someone who's not really listening to their scene partner, but they are showing that they're listening. You know, they're doing a lot of, mm, uh-huh, uh-huh, mm, yes. And, and they might be listening as well, but then it's that extra, you know, that, that need to do more. And that's a feeling that I think a lot of actors have, especially when you're starting out, is this feeling like you should always be doing something on stage, that just standing and listening is boring and that people won't like it. In fact, a, a very talented actress from the workshop this weekend got a note that she should do less because she's so full with emotion, with connection to the scene, that at times it was as though she was trying to show that or even take the note the director gave and show that, that she took the note, that she really got it, rather than just trust that it's there. And it reminds me of what Sarah Paulson said, which is that she started booking more work when she tried to go into the room and her first thought was, I'm going to do nothing in this. I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to risk being boring. And I think that's a beautiful risk, risk to take. Rixa. Beautiful risk to take. There's different ways that we can find courage in the work. And that's one I, I don't believe is ever really brought up. Or I don't hear it that often. So sometimes that's okay to risk doing nothing. And maybe that seems contradictory to uh, how full and going 110% and things like that. It should always still be grounded in truth. You know, if you're going for it, that's fine as long as it's it's truthful. And you could still be, you know, doing nothing doesn't mean you just sit there, slack jaw, you know, staring into space. It just means you're not doing the extra stuff, you know. You're not angry and so you're punching your fist into your palm just because you're like, I need to show how angry I am or walking back and forth. And, and this kind of goes into the connection too. You know, I see this sometimes, and there's an episode on this, uh, I think it was one of the first ones I did, called Staying in the Heat. Because I noticed that some actors, when things got intense, they wanted to find ways to disconnect. Either by looking down or fidgeting with their body or sometimes holding themselves up on the table or some other, you know, the chair or whatever it was. We find ways to disconnect from the uncomfortability of the moment. But often, you know, I had a teacher tell me this once, that the best actors and actresses are the ones that can feel that uncomfortability and still stay completely connected with their partner, with the moment. It's tough to do, but it's something that you should definitely begin training yourself in. When you start to feel that tendency to pull you away from your partner's gaze, or to shift your body for no reason other than shifting. You know, a, a common one you'll see in a lot of acting classes is people will just walk away, go like five feet to their left, and then walk back, which we don't often do in real life. We can, of course, that's a possibility that can arise, but oftentimes when you're in a fight with someone, you're just there with them, right? So try to think about ways that you can stay in the heat, stay connected to your scene partner, because that was another takeaway. You know, we have the power of playing in the work. We have the ability to 
put ourselves so fully out there, you know, really take a risk and a big swing with what we're showing so that the director can pull us back if need be, and then staying connected with our scene partner, with the moment. And ultimately, I think the last thing is just, and again, there's more that I could talk about here, but these were just the main takeaways, the things that have been rattling around my noggin the past couple days. But putting your own heart in the work, you know, We talk about Stanislavski's magic if, and if you never heard of that, essentially it's just asking yourself how you would behave under those circumstances. But I think we really have to get to that place. You know, there was a couple people that did a scene from the movie Beautiful Boy with Steve Carell and Timothee Chalamet. Uh, And if you don't know the movie, essentially Timothee Chalamet is a drug addict, Steve Carell's father, and it's about the struggle between, you know, Timothy wanting to get off drugs, not really being able to, and his father trying to help him, but also coming to that point where he can't really keep giving him handouts because it's not actually helping. It's being abused. And in the scene, there is a, you know, the first two times the person did the scene, it was good. It was great work, you know. And that's that's a something that's a something that is something that I I noticed was everyone was doing great work. It was just these little tweaks that Anthony or Tony would give them that would unlock this deeper level and this work that always tended to resonate more than the first one they had done. Not that the first one they had done was bad. In a lot of ways, like that could still book, that could still get them on a show, but there was more truth and more of that person within the second takes, and that's what was so key to me. That's the heart forward work we're talking about. You got to bring yourself to this work in some way. You know, your heart should always be in every role. And that's something that can be scary at times because often we can play the idea of the person rather than, you know, the truth. And even there was one uh, very talented woman who was playing a detective in her scene. And when she first played it, it was, it was great. It was, you know, very CSI could definitely get booked on that show. But she made these decisions about the character, that the character couldn't be, you know, uh, sarcastic or mean-spirited at all. They had to just be kind and judicious. And it was so interesting watching the woman's first take and then watching her second when Tony started to bring out more of that actress into the work because then the role became so much more nuanced. You know, that level of justice and detectiveness that was there in the first take was still there, but we saw more of a human being. We saw someone who could be sarcastic at times, who could be in a bad mood, and just these different levels of the scene started to emerge. And that's ultimately, I think, what we have to sell, because you can always play the idea of something, but it will never be as interesting as you bringing yourself to the role, as finding your connection in it, So, ultimately, the last thing I took away, and this was kind of my shout-out for the weekend, uh, at the end of it, he showed us a quick little teaser of a movie he's making called Memento Mori. And Memento Mori is a Stoic phrase, Stoic philosophy. Uh, I'm a huge philosophy nerd. Um, It means remember that one day you will die. Remember death. 
Memento Mori. And that can be a depressing thought for a lot of people. You know, to remember that we're going to die, that inevitability. Or we could choose to look at that in a different light. We could choose to take that knowledge that life is impermanent, that everything in front of us is impermanent, and we can find a deep gratitude and appreciation for it. We can find a stronger sense of living, of connecting with others, of putting our heart out there because this could be it. I used to have a, a necklace that said Memento Mori, and on the backside it said, you could leave this life at any moment. And again, that, that can be morbid to think about, or it can make you consider what's happening. Even right now as I'm talking about this, I'm feeling more present and grateful for everything that's around me right now, for my life. But truly... That's what we want to do. We want to lead our lives with our heart forward. You know, if you care about someone, tell them you care about them. If you feel like you need to take a day off to be in nature, take that day off. Give yourself the grace that we so desperately need. And the more we can do that, the more we can authentically connect to our heart and lead from our heart, the more we can bring that to the work and act from a place of gratitude and love and an eagerness to share ourselves, to share our heart with others, and to receive, to openly receive someone else's heart. So thank you for listening to the Acting Notes podcast. I hope this helped. I hope you enjoyed. If you are enjoying the podcast, it would be tremendously helpful for me if you could leave a rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts. A comment would also help to grow the podcast so other people could find it. And you can always reach out to me too with any questions, concerns, any topics you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast in future episodes. You can reach out on The Acting Notes on Instagram or on TikTok. And you can always find my personal TikTok or rather Instagram. I don't really, I have a personal TikTok, but I think I posted like two videos and I'm not planning on growing it anytime soon. So my personal Instagram. And again, thank you very much for listening, for taking time out of your day to do so. And I hope you have a good one. Peace. Peace.